Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guest, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. This is a Spawn Daily episode, once again, from the Spawn Reading Order, the incredible resource we use to follow along with all the issues of both Spawn and all the tangentially related stuff. We have Blake Whitlow joining me to talk about Spawn number 61. Uh, you know, when we were talking about this one yesterday, Blake, in, in preparation for recording, you mentioned this being sort of a, a catch-up issue introducing a new character who becomes really important later on. And then we, we mentioned it last time, or you, you mentioned it last time about, you know, how maybe McFarlane, maybe on some level he forgot about Chapel being dead, maybe on another level, it just, it wasn't a character that he really had control over being that it was Chapel's a, a Liefeld creation. So we're going to see this new idea of, of who, uh, who, who killed Spawn and imagine this character becomes much more important later on. Is that accurate? Yes, that is very accurate. She is uh, pretty essential uh, in the way that the comics are currently. So long, long-term effects. Yeah. Uh, when I first saw her, I thought it was Wanda. I was like, why, why is Wanda wearing that <laughs> thing on her yeah she's got a similar look you know the darker skin the uh the shorter hair obviously it's not wanda um but yeah we'll we'll see how that all plays out really cool cover though very much kind of a, a montage cover and when i share my screen here you'll see what i mean in terms of her looking like uh like wanda at least you know a little bit uh, and as always like i've talked about many times the idea of mashing up Spawn, this horror character, very much fantasy with the whips and the chains and the spikes and the blood and whatnot with, with tech. I always love when we get those images, whether it's McFarlane or Capullo, they all do a really, really good job. 
and everyone is sort of living in uh, Spawn's cape there. We see Win. We see the symbol, the skull symbol that um, that uh, represents Chapel. Very, very telling, right? That it's not Chapel himself, because again, McFarlane doesn't own that character, but nobody owns a skull. Nobody has a skull trademarked, um, <laughs> which has caused Marvel no end of consternation with Punisher and whatnot. But that's a totally different podcast. Uh, we see the clown there, and we see this new uh, this new character. So, really cool cover uh from uh from capullo there so uh inside the front cover we get uh, a summary of of issue 60 which you know we covered last time again really fast really focused issue fast paced basically spawn rescue cyan that's about all that went down uh we saw a little bit of the machinations of, of jason Wynn, and and that was pretty much it we also got to see a little bit of how uh the shoelace that he dropped that that terry pulled from his face and that cyan has been holding on to we have to see that you know it's a connection that cyan has to al and that that can be utilized between the two of them so that's interesting too yeah and she still has it's i mean you see it right there on the front the first page she still has Mm -hmm. that that pacifier she still has that shoelace so credits really quickly again story todd mcfarlane pencils by capullo mcfarlane and chance wolf on the inks Zakowski on the editing and the lettering and Haberlin and Kemp on the colors. So same creative team, pretty stable for this run of, uh, of issues. And as we said, we see Cyan there on the first page, she's got the pacifier. She's got the shoelace. She's hanging out with, uh, with granny Blake, Terry and Wanda are talking to the cops. They're like, yeah, we, there's no predicting what these psychos will do. They're referring to spawn again. Wanda still believes at this point that spawns the one that, that kidnapped Cyan. So why Spawn may have returned her? They don't know. God know, only knows what Terry thinks, you know, um, <laughs> to Blake's point last time, it might've been the perfect time um, when Wanda knew that Spawn and Al, uh, and Terry were conversing in the bathroom for, for Terry to come clean. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but I think certainly Wanda's going to be in no better mood to learn the truth than when Cyan got returned. I almost think that would have been the time. Hey, by the way, you think it was Spawn that took her. It wasn't. And in fact, Spawn is my friend, your late husband, Al Simmons, back from the dead. I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's a big conversation to have. It is a big conversation to have, but and it's I mean, one that he consistently is trying to avoid. Oh, yeah. And I get that. I say it from that perspective. But also, I mean, if this guy was really your best friend, you really care about him. Although in his spawn persona, he is hard to like. And we've here's, covered. Here's an interesting thought. Um, do you think that he doesn't tell Wanda because he's afraid that she will leave him to go back to Al? I think that's a part. I think I don't know that he he's will admit that to himself. But it's got to be a part of his thinking. I, th- I think it's a it's a very complex issue, and I he pulls don't, out pictures of him all the time, and she, we've seen that she still has his ring. Yep. So yep. it's a legitimate, yeah, it's a legitimate concern. But you know, the at the end of the day, this the comic is called Spawn. I'm mm-hmm. rooting for him. I'm rooting for Al, <laughs> uh, and I just think, yeah, it kind of sucks. But um, it is a good point that these cops have, and, and federal agents are like. One is like, well, how do we know we won't come back again? Well, you don't, but we can't sit around here and just 
you know, guard you. Uh, you just got to hope that he kind of moves on. And you can tell by the, the expression on Wanda's face uh, that they're, he's not real happy with that idea, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, as they leave, um, one of the, the police officers there does report in uh, and the word eventually gets back to Jason Wynn that, yes, the surveillance has been uh, removed from the Fitzgerald house. Because again, Jason Wynn is, is worried about what information Terry Fitzgerald might have. He hasn't been able to make a move against Terry because of all this police activity and federal agent activity linked to the disappearance of, uh, of Cyan. So now that she's back, it's sort of uh, you know open season on, on Terry, as it were. And uh, we also get some information about Cygor. Again, when all the cops went into the alley, into Rat City, they found uh, both Forsberg and Cygor. And so we're told that Cygor has been transported to the Norristown containment facility, undergoing tests. And we'll be, uh, as I said last uh, episode, we'll be covering the Cygor uh, six issue mini uh, coming up pretty soon. So uh, when Wynn gets this uh, information, he says, okay, uh, Terry's wide open. As he said, we can't find any motivation for Spawn's actions, why he might have taken Cyan, because again, that's kind of the official story that Spawn was the one that took her. So that's the uh, impression that Jason Wynn has as well. And uh, and Wynn, he's kind of getting tired of this. He's like, I'm going to make it a priority. I'm beginning to get weary of um, how much Spawn's been able to manipulate events. We've got to find him and, and make him disappear. So meanwhile, back at the Fitzgerald household, everybody turns in for the night. Grandma Blake sleeps over. They're just happy to be all together and uh, real happy that Cyan's been returned and and they've sort of avoided any uh, horrific uh, consequences for her kidnapping. Meanwhile, Al Spawn, he's back in uh, the, the alleys. He no longer can go to the same spot, you know, because it's been completely... Uh, decimated and taken over by by the police. They removed his throne. They removed all his weapons. I imagine the worms aren't around anymore. Um, but one thing we do see is Spawn literally is staking claim to new ground. Um, there's this pipe sticking out of the ground. And of all the things that he still has, or new, maybe you can think of it as something new that he has, that skull that we saw that belonged to the clown, that sort of deformed, diminutive troll of a uh, form that he would take uh, al simmons kept the skull <laughs> he kept the clown skull and he puts it on a spike in this uh this new area that he's come to take over and of course cog is there to sort of taunt him sort of support him whatever it is that that cog does with the tough love he's like so this is where you've come to hide along with the pieces of your destruction and spawn says well you know it's just a reminder of the hell that i live in and a warning to anybody so you want to come mess with me, you'll end up like the clown did. So, you know, I, I could kind of get that. But at the yeah. same time, is anybody going to really know that that was the clown? Anybody going to know that it's anything other than a deformed skull? They probably don't know that that's, you know, specifically the clown. But you tend to not go into places where there's skulls on on poles. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so fair. As he and said, I, it's a warning to keep people away but he can also look at it and be like yeah you're done i got you yeah it's definitely a, it's definitely a trophy um mm-hmm. and maybe it's just a matter of al having to build back up a new layer because i certainly would have stayed the hell away from any place that had the throne made out of corpses 
Yeah. That was even, <laughs> that was even uh, scarier. So uh, when Spawn's like, well, yeah, what are you doing? What do you want? He's like, oh, I'm here to help you. Spawn says, why? Well, because somebody needs to show you who your true enemy is. And Spawn's like, you know, I, I don't need you for that. I already know who my enemy is. You know, it's just taking me a while to do something about it. Spawn thinks this is a win, right? Like he took out the clown. He took out Violator. Mm-hmm. And Cog's here to remind him, that's not how this works, man. How long is it going to take for you to understand? You didn't do anything. All you did was kill his human form, but he'll be back. You haven't learned anything. It's just like when you thought you took out that angel. You can't destroy them. You know, they're, they're more than their physical form. And Spawn <laughs> gets kind of irritated. He's like, look, man. I'm not really interested in your mumbo jumbo right now, although you and I are due for a good long talk, but uh, he pulls out his, his big giant cable gun and he says, uh, right now I got to go get my pound of flesh. I got to go take out Win, And after that, I'm going to take out Chapel. And Cog says the same thing that, uh, that the clown did. He's like, why do you think that it was Chapel that, that killed you? You got to think about the consequences of, uh, of what you're doing and and how it might, you know, impact your friends. Spawn says, I don't have any friends anymore. And Cog's like, well, then I, I pity you because that's what Mel Bolger wants, right? He wants you sad. He wants you alone. He wants you isolated because that's when you lash out. And that's when you act out of instinct rather than thinking. And that's when you're, you're doing exactly what hell wants you to do. So uh, as much as it's sort of tough love uh, to your point last time, uh, last episode, Blake, about, um, Cog's the one that he's almost like the uh, the memory for Spawn because he can't seem to you know re- think about the consequences or or keep that stuff straight in his head from one issue to the next. So meanwhile, we see Terry uh, taking Grandma Blake back to her place after spending the night, and when she gets inside, lo and behold, who is there uh, but Spawn? And I do I do appreciate that McFarland keeps coming back to this that. Uh, and, and he has uh, Al Simmons, like, basically say it right out loud here. It's just so anybody who's not catching the subtlety, um, because when Grandma Blake says, yeah, I, I imagine, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. I imagine God's been keeping you busy. And, and Spawn says, ah, that's not why I haven't come by. And Grandma Blake says, well, I don't understand. And Spawn says, you've become my last connection to my past. Everything else is gone, right? Like he lost his wife. He lost his friends. He feels like he's lost. Terry in a way he's lost uh, his future yeah he's lost he's lost everything but maybe it's because grandma's Blake is blind and and if anybody still treats him the same as she as they as he was treated in real life it's grandma Blake right she talks to him the same in her mind he's the same um and she she is kind of a voice of of conscience if if Cogliostro is his his memory or the tough love then Grandma Blake is sort of his his conscious and a reminder of the more kind of emotional softness of uh, of love and family and, and that kind of thing. And she even says you 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 have to learn that you can't control the guilt that you have over you know the things that you can't control and and heaven doesn't give us anything we can't handle. You just have to learn to to let go of the guilt. And if anybody needs to hear that, it's certainly Spawn. Uh, and he does tell her that uh, he's trying and grandma senses that there's something different. You know, it's more than just the sadness of him um, being, being dead. And she tells him, you know, the other thing you need to let go of is your pain um, because she knows that holding on to your pain 
is something, and this is, you know, goes along with the theme of Al being so wrapped up in himself. When you wallow in that pain, you're focused on nobody but yourself, right? It goes back to the idea that Blake and I have talked about of him being self-centered and narcissistic and whatever. And grandma's like, you, you got to let go of that pain so you can stop focusing on yourself because there's others that need you like Cyan and Wanda and, you know, Cyan got uh, returned safely and God had to be a part of that. And so, you know, maybe that is impacting. So I was like, man, I, I did do a good thing, you know, for once, even mm-hmm. if, in the part where he uh, didn't just grab Cyan and leave and rescue her to make sure she's safe and, and took the time to take out the clown was a little more uh, self-centered. You know, you can see by the expression on the, on the face, which is, you know, kind of horrific with uh, the way Spawn looks, but you can tell that it's impacting him the way the, the panels are laid out here, the way Capullo renders them. Uh, when grandma Blake's talking about, he's done a good thing. He's brought hope to the family. He's brought courage. Don't spoil that by wallowing in your in your pain you know he almost looks sad upon hearing that news like like he doesn't want to accept it that he can actually do good things for people well part of that might be the fact that it it, it show it reflects back on the potential that he's wasted right you yeah mm-hmm. you can do good things but instead you've been lashing out you've been you know he, he's tried to do good things before and sometimes it doesn't work out like with the boy's father that was abusing them. Yeah. And then he just wallows in the guilt of it rather than saying, Hey, look at, there still is a positive, you know, they're not, the kids aren't being beaten anymore, but yeah, yeah you can also understand. Yeah. He's lashed out a lot. I mean, again, goes back to what I was, uh, what I've said before um, about the interactions between Al and Terry, where, you know, Terry will bring something up in terms of Wanda or, uh, in terms of the kind of the life or existence that Spawn has now, you know, the worms, for example. And I think there's, you know, a lot of the anger and, and the reason he lashes out, it goes back to the shame, um, you know, of, of who he is, what his existence is now of the deal, the deal he made, you know, the fact that he, in a way he got conned, he sold his soul to come back, came back five years later as this undead thing, and his wife's married to his best friend. There's, you know, there's shame in that. The fact that, you know, he was so willing to throw away something so well, precious and yeah, not he, actually get anything out of it. Yeah. He's such a proud guy. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so prideful. He's, you know, we're told time and again, how much pride he took in being so good at his job, even though his job was an assassin for the government. He's a very yeah. proud guy, you know, and to be, to be uh, fooled like that. I think that, that bothers him as well. So and it's even worse too, because he had very uh, macho ideas of how he had to be, you know, he, yep. he had to be the strongest, the toughest of them all or whatever. And we've seen how that mindset has gotten him into trouble time and time again. He thinks that he's top dog and he's not. And one of his biggest stumbling blocks is not being able to be vulnerable around the people that actually care about him. He's so closed off from that part of himself. No, well, even when he reached out, the other aspect of this, even when he did try to reach out and try to be vulnerable to Wanda, she completely rejected him thinking he's some monster. And uh, on the next page, when he's sitting outside Wanda's house, again, sort of wallowing in his despair, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we're told that he's thinking about what granny has told him and, and the wisdom of that. Um, but he's so confused by it because 
yes, he did good, but he can't even go and not that he would necessarily want to take credit, but he can't, he can't even feel happy about it because yes, he's saved his beloved ex-wife daughter, but all he's thinking about is how much his ex-wife fears him. And even at this point hates him because again, Wanda at this point still thinks that Spawn's the one that kidnapped Mm -hmm. Cyan. So that's a lot to deal with. So you can, you can understand on the, on the following page, when he gets back to his uh, new lair where his uh, homeless buddies, including Bobby have rebuilt him a throne, not necessarily made out of corpses this time, but uh, still kind of gruesome looking. And once Bond gets there, he's like, what the goddamn hell is going on? He screams at him and his buddy's like, ah, we just, we didn't mean anything by it. We just thought, you know, uh, you could use a, a new place to sit. And, you know, we coaxed it out of Cogliostra where you were, hanging out. We're just, we were worried about you, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we didn't want to, we didn't want you to leave without knowing, you, you know, you don't have friends and we thought you could use another chair and, and Spawn's not having any of it. Right. He's, he's like, you guys, what you, you, again, it goes back to that thing where he's all wrapped up in himself and he's worried about his friends and what the collateral damage might be and everything. And again, completely remember the beginning of last issue where we talked about this, where dude, you're about ready to kill a cop and bring down all, you know, wrath of hell on these mm-hmm. guys, just because they happen to know you. Um, so it's like, he, he, he thinks of doing the right thing or, or behaving correctly when it, when it suits him. But again, his emotions um, that get out of hand. Uh, and again, for being such a, a person when he was alive, was prideful of controlling his emotions and doing his job. It's such an interesting juxtaposition. So uh, Al does say when they ask him to try out the new chair, ah, it's fine. And they take that, you know, uh, to heart. Hey, hey our, our, you know, our buddy's happy. We made him a new chair and what, what have you. And they, they go off while Spawn has a little bit of a, a hallucination here or a vision uh, of the, the clown coming back to life, or at least the head of the clown on the spike. And, uh, he's again, just taunting. This is all in Spawn's head, but it, it's definitely the, the taunting that the clown would tell him, um, about, you know, breaking his wife's heart and being a puppet and hell causing him all this, these problems. And again, just completely self-centered, completely wrapped up in his own. And as he's thinking this, as he's, he, he almost has a vision, uh, thinking about how he was tricked and it wasn't really, um, wasn't really chapel that killed him. And we see uh, the clown there with a little hat on with the the veil. And he starts having a vision very similar to the vision he had when he first thought it was chapel that killed him. Um, And he's thinking, was it when was it chapel? There's all these faces that, um, you know, that, that flash in front of my eyes and, you know, who, who killed me? Who, who could it have been? And, you know, we talked about, introducing this new character and we see her there uh finally uh, revealed on the, on the last page she's holding a giant gun as uh, in the background al simmons body goes dropping into hell on fire um almost as she uh killed him and uh then we see wanda reacting obviously and she's the one that was actually wearing the hat with the veil not um not the clown um so this is that new character and we don't really know who it is, but it's the, the first time that Spawn has acknowledged. Maybe he's, he's reached inside himself to some extent and, and pulled this memory. And he's thinking, 
she's the one uh, that hell's after. And so we don't know what the relationship is between her and hell. Um, just another piece we're told of the unholy tapestry that is Spawn's life and all these hidden designs and designs and answers. And uh, he's, he needs the answers, right? He's, if he wants to end his pain and end his turmoil and find some level of peace, he's going to have to, you know, find out his answers. Who is this woman? Why did she kill him? What connection does she have to Jason Wynn? What does she have to Malbolgia? All that kind of stuff. So it is interesting that if there were some sort of logistical reasons to change it from chapel to this woman, and we've talked about those in terms of rights issues and, and whatnot. Um, but in a way, by McFarlane being forced to have to do this, it does add uh, another aspect to the story that adds another layer to um, the story of Spawn, kind of the torment, let's call it, of Al Simmons, right? Like, it was a big deal at first that he couldn't even, he didn't have his memories. He didn't know who killed him. And then he finds out that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's Jason Wynn manipulating things. And then he finds out, oh, it's Chapel that actually pulled the trigger. And now you know, once he confronts Chapel, Chapel kills himself, and then um, he thinks he has some level, a uh, measure of peace. Well, actually, before that, he confronts Chapel and and scars him. You know, scars his face with the skull. Chapel kills himself the next time they meet, and he he feels like, well, at least I've gotten that part of my revenge, uh, you know, out of the way, and now he just needs to take out Win, and then maybe the scales will be balanced. And just as he is heading down that path. All of a sudden, the rug gets ripped out from under him all over again. He's got this new mystery woman. He needs to discover who she is. As I said, what's her connection to Spawn? What's her connection to Malbolgia? What's her connection to Jason Wynn? Um, all the while still dealing with the fallout of Wanda's fear and hatred for him. What What's the next interaction with him and Terry Fitzgerald going to be like? Yeah, all these he, questions, all, all these, these questions, questions, all this torment, all this. Uh, yeah, yeah hell is still playing mind games with with Al right now. Like we're 61 issues into the series. We're deep in this series. All right. We're, we're on the north end. You know, we're, we're approaching 100 and hell is still messing with his memories. That's how I kind of justify it in terms of story. You know, there's always two levels to storytelling. You've got the, the metatextual and the actual text itself. It, metatextual stuff, that's like all the behind the scenes stuff. That's rights issues. That's behind the scenes. That's the, the making of, that's the, the writer's commentary, all that stuff. But then the actual text itself also stands independent of that metatextual stuff. If you take if you take the text just as it is, it, it you know you have to make sense of it in in whatever way that you the reader the audience can because this is what is being presented to you as a complete piece. So if we look at just the text, the way I kind of read it is hell is just messing with his head still like we're this deep into the series and we still see that Malbolgia and clown are messing with his memories. He doesn't know what's real. And the deeper that he sinks into these, these pits of despair, pushing away people that he cares about cutting off potential allies and friends. That's just digging the hole deeper. That's doing exactly what hell wants and and that's how they're able to control them so so efficiently so effectively 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Cogliostro spells it out for him in this issue. He's like, yeah, they want you isolated. They want you alone. They want you lashing out. But he doesn't doesn't seem to know how to get out of that spiral. He constantly finds himself back in that in that situation. So, I mean, there's no denying that Malabolgia and the forces of hell and whatnot are manipulating events. Even Jason Wynn, to some extent, they have so much experience doing this um, that Al's constantly sort of playing from from behind in a lot of ways. So I give, uh, I give McFarlane a lot of credit for building this. I mean, pe- people knock him for his writing, but this is, um, this is subtle here. And here's another issue where, I mean, there's not really a single like fight or, or action scene. Um, but it's still, the issue still flows very well. Uh, and it still feels fast paced even for, you know, an issue where, yeah, we're sort of establishing, uh, emotion and establishing sort of, uh, a new status or, or, Kind of reminding us what the current status for for Al Simmons is and setting things up going forward, especially in terms of the Jason Wynn, Terry Fitzgerald stuff, because it feels like that is building to something big very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the uh, these issues where there isn't a ton of action happening, they still work and stand really well on their own two feet, not requiring that action because it's a well-told story. We're introduced at the beginning. Spawn has a problem. He is pushing people away. And so what does he do? Next time we see it, he's trying to reconnect with Granny and he's talking about how, you know, messed up he is right now emotionally. And she's like, you got to let people in. And the next scene that we see after that, he's in the alleyway and we see that at first he's really hesitant to let people around him but then at the end of that scene he starts to let people back in he tries out the chair that they built for him and he's like it's fine and it makes people around him happy and he's a tortured soul it's really hard for him to celebrate those kinds of victories but you know, the story itself, it, you know, that this is a good standalone issue. There's a problem. He explores the problem. And by the end, he tries to change a little bit. Yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a long way to go. But again, you don't blame him. I mean, he's, he's, he's being he's being manipulated by by master manipulators here, as I said, uh, both Jason Wynn and uh, ML Bolgia. So, uh, well, that's going to do it for this episode. Any last thoughts, Blake? Uh, no. All right, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you joining us as always. Don't forget to check out the uh, reading order that Blake created that's in the show notes. And uh, be sure that you check us out uh, over on YouTube as well as the audio only. Uh, so go to your favorite podcasting app or favorite podcasting platform. Do search for the comic source. That's us. Subscribe. we got a lot of great interviews coming up, uh, including an interview with J.H. Williams about Echo Lands coming up next week. So uh, again, we appreciate the support as always, and we'll talk to you next time. Later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. 
All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.